This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm back. <laughs> you are back. It is. It seems like a little mini lifetime since we've been chatting face to face. It's been weeks, longer than I had anticipated, actually. So I'm really happy to be back. We're live. We're real. We're not doing a repeat today for anybody who was getting worried. I was in Hawaii. Woo! You are? Yeah. And I have I have this all lined up for you. There I go. I got some nice Hawaiian music for you. There you go. There you go. Oh, I saw a lot you, of ukuleles when I was there. Did you? Yeah, a lot of yeah. ukulele stores. <laughs> and I actually have a question. When I was thinking, when I was driving in today, um, uh, from I was out of town, you know, visiting one of my kids, and so, and I wondered. And I was at the Royal Agriculture Winter Fair. Yes, uh, we can chat about that in a little bit. Um, but um, I was wondering whether, when you get off the plane there, do they still put like lays? <laughs> do they do still do that? Is that a oh. thing still? And you're right. I wondered the same thing. I was yeah. ready, but nope, nope. You can order in advance. Oh, I see. To be put around the, you know, neck yep. of your loved one. It's it is a very big honeymoon location. Oh, okay. But yeah. Everything costs. It's not an inexpensive place to go to. Uh, you know, somebody said, "Did you go to a luau?" I was like, "No, I would have had to get a mortgage on my house to go to a luau. Like it's wow. expensive. Yeah. Everything is like." hundreds and hundreds of dollars yeah, so yeah, yeah i was kind of surprised by that but boy was it beautiful we uh we were lucky enough um we were taping an episode of healing gardens which is a documentary series that airs on vision tv and uh, um we went to three if you can imagine three different national tropical botanical gardens wow. all on the island of Kauai, and um Boy, very, very different. All three of the gardens, very different. But I learned a lot, as I always do when I do this, uh, any of meeting people and going to exotic different places, seeing plants that I've only seen in pictures. So that was cool. We were on yeah. the set of Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. Uh, yep. Pirates of the Caribbean was made in Hawaii. <laughs> right. Of course, they want all those locales, right? Those yeah. locations. Yeah, for sure. Because you wouldn't believe the size of some of the trees and some of the, just the, almost the spookiness, the atmosphere. It's beautiful. The Pacific is so beautiful. It was, the, the whole trip had some very, very memorable moments attached to it. So, yeah. Sounds gorgeous. Now, Charlie, I have to give the numbers out, but you also have a quick announcement you wanted to do. Do you want to do that first? Sure, or? I'll do that very quickly. This Monday, okay. November 14th, 7.30 p.m., the Agent Court Garden Club will be meeting for one of their many uh, monthly meetings. Um, Knox United Christian Education Center, 
2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd in Toronto. So they are a very friendly group. They're always reaching out, always sharing what's going on and would love to see you and would love to see you with a guest. So feel free to attend the Agent Court Garden Club this Monday, 7.30. Okay, so just before we go to our first break, the numbers that you need to call, and we would love to hear from you if you are in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere else in the province. It's a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. Please let Carlos know. Good morning, Carlos. He's our our technical producer. Let Carlos know if you're a first-time caller, and I will give you... Your garden wings, or maybe I'll give you some, I'll figure out some Hawaiian garden wings this morning, you know. And uh, we want you to call often, we want you to call early, and please, one question per call, okay? We will be right back with much more right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here with The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland. And yes, Charlie Dobbin is here and ready. And I think you're darn excited to take questions because it's been a few weeks, right? I feel like I'm a bit out of practice, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am going to invite this first caller to try and trip you up. Then, (laughs) Okay. Welcome to The Garden Show. We've got Heidi on the line. Welcome to The Garden Show. Hey there, Heidi. What do you got for uh, Charlie there? No, do we not have Heidi? Hello, I Heidi. think you cut me off. There we are. Hello. Hi, Heidi. Hello. Hey, what do you me? got for Charlie there, Heidi? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I yes. can. Can you ask your question, Heidi? Yes, listen. My spruce in the front yard is losing all its needles. I don't know yeah. what to do. It never happened before. It's from one month. All the needles are falling off. What do I do? Uh, is it a big old spruce? It's about 38 years old. So it's pretty old. Uh, it's hard for me to definitively diagnose over the radio, but if it's in your front yard and it's that old and that big, it's a clearly an important part of your landscape. Yes. First thing I would do is I would get Uh, on my phone and I would call a certified arborist to come to your property and do an on-site consult and that person will be in a far better position to give you a proper diagnosis of what's going on and what to do. Oh, okay, because I'm trying to save it. Of course. It still has a few tiny little pine cones, uh, a few on the tree, and I don't know if they're brown, that they're going to fall off, or if they're good for next year. I don't know. Well, yeah, I wouldn't worry about the cone so much. The Losing the needles is always a worry, because, of course, a spruce is an evergreen, and we don't expect it to lose all its needles. We expect it to lose a few, but only the ones on the inside of the tree, not the ones towards the outside of the tree. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but I would spend the money, I mean, a, a consult generally doesn't cost you anything. It's when you hire that person to provide some treatment that you may it may cost you. But honestly, a big old spruce, front of the house, very important. You have no idea what that tree lends to the value of your home. So it's certainly worth trying to save. Okay. 
Thank you so okay. much. I'll try and find Thank you, Heidi. Yeah. And good luck with that, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know I am a big tree person. Uh, I, we have some spruce on our property and some birch. I know you visited lately or uh, in the last couple of months, and you know. And I grew up just outside of um, – well, in Ancaster. And many, many subdivisions like ours bordered on the Hamilton Golf and Country Club. So I grew up with hundreds and thousands of trees around me. So I love them. Oh, and they're so important. I mean, we, we tend to take our trees for granted, but – you know, and I'm sure most of our callers know, I mean, trees are so important. They they not only add the obvious oxygen to the air, but there's shelter for birds, for wildlife. There's the erosion control in terms of soil erosion. Uh, you know, they, they I did an essay way back 40 years ago at university on the sound that they attenuate. Trees absorb sound. So in an urban or suburban environment, your trees provide that not temperature lowering the cooling but also just the softening of all the ambient noise around you Mm -hmm. love my trees Mm -hmm. and love getting callers and here we are we're going to get to go to marcia uh marcia from toronto good morning and welcome to the garden show marcia thank you can you hear me yeah absolutely yeah loud and clear okay so i have three zucchini plants not zucchini kale plants outdoors growing on my back deck and uh, they produce abundantly kale all summer. I know they thrive in the winter. I would pick the uh, leaves from the bottom instead of the top. And I have leaves on the top that I have yet to pick to put, make to cook. So how do I keep them in abundant throughout the winter months? Mm. Good question. Um, I don't know if there'll be so much abundance throughout the winter months because you're not going to see a lot of new growth on those plants, but you can definitely keep them alive. If they're in pots out on your balcony or deck, the main thing is to make sure that they don't dry mm-hmm. out and just start to shrivel up. If so, it's not you're not going to water as often now as you did back in August and July, but do make sure they're kept moist and, and don't hesitate to keep harvesting as you wish. Sometimes people will just say, oh my gosh, there's a big snowstorm coming. I'm just going to harvest it all and then I'll freeze the leaves and I'll use them in soups and stews later. Uh, If you prefer, you can just continue doing what you're doing, which is the couple of leaves at a time. But at some point you'll have finished your your harvest. Okay. And so so when you say finish the harvest, will they reproduce next spring or is that it for the plants? That should be it for the plant. Unless we have a very mild winter, the plant will die. What happens usually is uh, they they freeze in the winter, but they stay firm and edible through that freeze. When we get the thaw in the spring, they collapse and turn to mush. So that's the normal root of of the kale and even the ornamental cabbage that people will use in their planters in the fall. Are there any other greens you can grow outdoors in the winter besides kale? Hmm. Outdoors, outdoors, not here. If you had, uh, you can set up a very nice little mini greenhouse or cold frame. There's there's many ways to still harvest through the winter here in Ontario, but you, you have to build a little bit of an infrastructure. 
anything from a full-scale greenhouse to a much smaller, you know, tunnel to even a smaller, you know, like a literally underground cold frame with a glass top on it, which will allow you to, you know, continue to harvest some of the, the hardy greens. Uh, even things like parsley is a very tough um, individual plant. I mean, basil, forget it, but parsley, you could definitely keep going. Mine's still going. I'm still harvesting it now, but it will... It is a biennial, right? It'll flower next year if it survives the winter. Cool. Yeah, thank my, you so much for your first... question, Marcia, and good luck with those okay, winter greens. You. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie, they would grow all year round in Hawaii, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they, though? You know wouldn't what's they? so funny? Um, as, and people who are retired will, will relate to this. When people retire... You kind of go, is it Wednesday today or Monday? Does anybody know? Because you kind of, all, all, the, all the days are the same, right? Yeah. I'm in Hawaii and I'm around all these retired people. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't even know what month it is. Forget what day it is. Is it October or is it April? Like, oh, I can't tell. It's all the same. So, yeah, it's a yeah. uh, pretty beautiful place. You got it. Okay, well, um, we have to take our next break, and uh, but we have to hear some important messages from important people, and then we'll be back to talk to some more important people here on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here with The Garden Show. Uh, the numbers to call in Toronto, 416 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free number, one 866 And we're going to go right to our next caller, Charlie. We have Steve on the line, who is a first-time caller from Port Perry. Welcome to The Garden Show, Steve. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give you your garden wings before you ask Charlie your question. Okay, there you go. The nice (laughs) Hawaiian-sounding, luau-esque garden wings. There you are, sir. Morning, Steve. Thank you. Morning. Uh, I'm trying to start an indoor garden to grow lettuce, but I can't find any store or nursery that sells the seeds. And I'm wondering if you can point me in the right direction. You sent me an email on this. Uh, well, okay, did you, yeah, so, and your point also was that shipping was very expensive for a package of lettuce seeds. Yeah, How about neighbors, or you're, you're in Port Perry? How about your local horticultural society? Um, or, okay. you, you know what else? Try um, Google seed swap. Uh, in your local area, you may come up with somebody because many people save seeds, right? And they get participate in seed swaps. Okay. I know with my lettuce, I if I leave it and it goes to flower, the flowers will go to seed. So I get the same lettuce coming up every year from my original lettuce that I planted from seeds three years ago, just by letting a couple of plants go to flower, which is kind of an easy way to uh, avoid buying more seeds. So, I mean, did you grow lettuce this past summer outside? No, no, this is my first attempt at any kind of gardening. Oh, really? And you're taking on quite a quite an interesting challenge. Um, yeah, for see, I mean. One of my favorite seed suppliers is in St. Catharines. It's called Stokes Seeds. So if you're ever in the area of St. Catharines, you wouldn't have to pay shipping. You could just go. They have a retail store. I'm sure they have lettuce for sale uh, there. They will ship to you, but I have no idea what that would cost. Otherwise, a local seed supplier, 
you know, the big ones, Mackenzie comes out of Manitoba, like most, so many of them come from um, uh, provinces away that you do pay to ship. Uh, I would look locally. Seriously, I would do like a do a, <clears throat> a search in your neighborhood for seed swaps, horticultural society because or garden club. There will be somebody who's got lettuce seeds in your neighborhood. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, okay. I hope that Thanks. works. Let yeah. us know. Let us okay. know. <laughs> you, you're very funny, Charlie Dobbins. <laughs> just you did it. You had, you had no idea. There you go. I did want to. I, I did want to mention. Uh, I think it was Marcia that was calling about the kale, and yeah. I did want to mention that even as far you know, we're that much further north, uh, and I don't know. I can't remember now whether last winter was uh, milder or not. But our kale all came back up this year, and so we had another harvest. Yeah, it all survived. It it surprised me because I forget I'd have to plant it all over again. But it just came back up again from the root. Yeah, from the root. Huh. Yeah. So you know, you do live in <clears throat> snow country. Yeah. We don't always recognize the value of snow. Snow provides that insulating blanket. So maybe you, that's why you were survived. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think, or maybe you had a milder. See, if you if you always have snow, a foot or yeah. two of snow. It's great. It's great. Lots of things will survive. Um, and other things will go to seed, but the seeds will survive, and then they'll come up. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Different so places. It's, it's harder on the garden if there's not a lot of snow. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, a lot harder. It's a lot harder on the plants. They're so exposed. Okay. Not only, you know, the above ground, but then the roots are exposed to all that cold and the wind and dehydration or what we call desiccation in plants. Gotcha. Okay, listen, folks, we have lots of room on the lines. We'd love for you to call. Again, the number is 416-360-0740. Please don't be shy. Uh, Toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We're going to go to uh, Diane right now, who's waiting on the line, and Diane's calling from Dorchester. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Hi, thank you very much, and I'm glad to hear that Charlie's back. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes. Anyway, uh, I have lavender plants and I have the catmint. The catmint I don't want to touch because the bees are still going to it. And I'll do what you suggested. I'm going to wait till the spring and instead of doing it individual, I'll just hack it all off. It'll be a lot easier. But what I forgot to ask you before, what do I do with the lavender at this time of year? You know, that's a great question. There's a lot of different information on the web. Um, the one sometimes people just leave it alone and let it get through the winter by itself. In the spring, they get out down on their hands and knees and they cut out the dead because mm-hmm. you'll always typically have a bit of dead wood on your lavender. And again, depending on how much snow we have. So if we have a winter with consistent snow, your lavender will survive much better than it will expose to the cold and the wind. The rule of thumb I use with lavender is I look at it right about now or in October and I look at the new growth from this year. So that's the tips. And it's usually, you know, five or six inches of new growth. So the rule of thumb is you trim or shear back one third of the new growth now in the in the autumn late autumn so you could try that if you want i don't know if you harvested flowers or not from it that assumes you have harvested flowers and you're looking at just the the silver foliage and then it's a one-third shearing back and what that does is it keeps the plant more compact and it's a better looking plant in the long run so next spring it'll all you know again start to grow but it'll grow as a much more dense compact good looking plant yeah, because last year I just left it. I didn't do anything, and with the weight of the snow, um, mm. it all had just 
like it just looked like somebody sat on it. Exactly. And it can't spring back from that very well because the older growth is woody. It's almost like a shrub. So once it's flattened like that, it stays flattened. And then all the new growth grows up from the old growth. But for a good looking plant, do the shearing, I I recommend. Okay. Thank you so very much. I appreciate your advice. Okay. Have a good day. Yeah. Thanks so much for the call there, Diane. Uh, Charlie, quick question. I was, uh, as I say, was out of town last night. Wow. We had a lot of fog. In yeah. the province, uh, there were fog warnings everywhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, my daughter and I camped out at uh, my in-laws' place, who live in just outside of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, Anne was asking; she listens to the show every week about her dahlias. She's just bought some dahlias last year, and she was impressed. She said they were like dinner plates; they were like gorgeous. So she is not sure what to do with them now. So I just thought I would check with you. Well, that's a good question, and I'm sure um, if she's really keen, there there is great information on the web. There's the Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Society out there that's uh, got great information on their website. Um, What I do with Dahlias is I wait until the first hard frost. So I think probably everybody in the province has had that now, maybe. Did you have a hard frost? Yeah, Um, kind of, sort of, not really, no. No, so... Well, because here, hard frost in the sense that the leaves have dropped from the trees, most trees, but the, um, well, I wasn't here. I missed it. But my brother who was here texted me and said, he said, over one night, hard frost, all the leaves just dropped straight down. There was no wind. He said, there's little circles of of colorful leaves at the base of all your trees. So uh, once you've had a hard frost, you'll know the dahlias, the leaves will turn black. They'll be no longer green. They'll be crispy dark the plant collapses uh once that happens now is the time to dig up the dahlias does your mother-in-law have them in pots or in the ground Uh, she has them in the ground okay so she will have to dig them up out of the ground uh once they collapse like i said use a digging fork so you go in you loosen the the bulbs or tubers they're bigger than what you might think bigger than they were when she planted them and uh dig those all up Cut off that mushy foliage, so that's uh, just above the tuber. And then I just get out newspaper. I gently, you know, with my fingers, move the soil away from the roots, away from the tuber. But it's still going to have, you know, muddy soil attached. So lay that out on newspapers in a dry spot. So outside on a porch uh, where there's no rain or in a garage, whatever. Let them dry down for about a week to 10 days. Then again, with your fingers, move as much soil off as you can, and then you pack them away for the winter. And the packing away just means putting them somewhere frost-free, dark. So dark and frost-free, they will be fine. I have um, put away dahlias with a little bit of moisture, so with peat moss and a little bit of moisture. Uh, I think some people would say you don't need that moisture, but do check them every month. So, you know, you get the Rubbermaid container, you fill it up with sterile mm-hmm. something. So sterile peat moss from the garden center, perhaps. Uh, in that goes, uh, break it all up so it's not clumpy. Drop in your tubers. You don't want them touching each other. And then just that media around keeps them dark and keeps them cool. So whether that's the basement or an insulated garage, wherever it is, uh, and they will come through quite well. It's amazing. Okay, and I'm guessing that you uh, said that has to be sterile because you don't want any bugs in there to be, you know, chewing on them during the winter. They'll eat them, right? Well, exactly. So you don't just dig soil out of the garden because your garden soil should be full of all kinds of life that you can't even see. All kinds of microorganisms that are very healthy outside, but not so healthy inside. So you can end up with a lot of fungal diseases and your tubers will turn to mush 
if uh, if you do introduce uh, either spores of fungus or you could end up with who knows what's in your soil. And you're right, insects could be in there as well. Okay. Our numbers, once again, we do have lines open, 416-360-0740, or uh, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And um, uh, Carlos is waiting to take your call. Go ahead there, Charlie. Yeah, you were going to say something. See with my mouth wide Yeah, open. I saw your mouth open. You were going to say <laughs> I, something. I have a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> we okay, are, go ahead. We are midway through November and mm-hmm. winter is coming. And yes. I know I've been racing around like a crazy person making lists of all the things that still need to be done here. Just wondering how you're coming with planting those allium bulbs that I, I, I I'm sorry, Charlie, you're breaking up. I can't hear your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> allium bulbs. Allium bulbs. You know, exactly. I got to tell you, something you said a month ago really stuck with me. And that was you said, oh, yeah, you can plant bulbs as long as the, the ground is not frozen. <laughs> and we have had so much weather that I've been working on other things. So believe it or not today actually is our bulb planting day so gail and i after the garden show are going out and we are going a mass bulb planting on our property because because the ground is not frozen that's true and that's absolutely correct and i bring it up because i know how easy it can be to procrastinate or you know later 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 or forget so yeah. there's that go to the garage and go, oh, damn, there's another bag of bulbs in January. So go, everybody, go into your garages, go look in your shed, look for all the bulbs you've purchased so that you don't forget and get them in the ground. For sure, this is a perfect day for it. It's nice and moist. We had rain at our place. The sky is pure blue. Uh, we're going into double digits. And shortly after today, we're down to single digits as yeah. far as I can see in the forecast. So it's not going to be fun planting. And that's what I did yesterday. As the rain started to fall, I was out there still putting, uh, burying a few, some daffodils and a whole bunch of fritillaria. So uh, yeah, get those bulbs planted. Gotcha. And speaking of bulbs, uh, you forwarded me an email <laughs> at, the, at the time, and I have, and I have something to tell you. Uh, so it says here, uh, <laughs> she was from Alice, who uh, who referred to me as the Amaryllis King, which I just had to laugh at, right? Because I still look to Charlie Dobbin for all my, you know, Amaryllis know-how. No, um, she says you're the. Uh, it's very clear that Alice thinks you are the Amaryllis. Yes, yeah. She says I should be wondered if I should be planting my Amaryllis now. I have four that my husband babied all summer. Now we have them in the dark and we are waiting to plant them. I wondered if we should be doing that now. And she says that she always loves the show. That's from Alice. Okay, so that it's an interesting question. So if Alice's husband babied them all summer, I wonder where they were when he was babying them. Meaning, were they just sitting on a tray? Were they out in the garden or were they in pots? Yeah, that's, yeah. Mine are in pots. I've never taken them out of pots. I leave them in pots outside all summer. Mine are in my basement now in the same pots. I did not pull them out of the pots. Maybe that's what he did is he kept them out for the summer and then brought them in and took them out of the pots. Um, <clears throat> could do that. What I would do if they're just sitting there out of pots is keep an eye on them. Hopefully they're in the dark and they're dry and they're asleep. The leaves turned yellow after they came in from the outside because that's what we do. We force them to go dormant. 
by stopping watering them. And that's exactly uh, what we did is just, you know, put them in the basement, in the pots, and have left them all alone. Um, they have turned yellow. They What will happen, of course, is the um, those leaves shrivel up. The, the bulbs are just sitting there. And what I found last year is I just check them every now and then. Every week or so I look, and at some point, a flower stem started to grow out of those bone dry pots in the dark at that point i brought them out of the dark and into the light and started my regular watering schedule so you know it's one of those things they do need to be dormant eight to ten weeks alice so depending on when your husband brought them inside and stopped watering them count on your calendar if you bring them out of the dormant too early you may end up with just a lot of leaves so the longer you leave them the better your chance of getting um some flowers happening and gotcha. that's the point right we want flowers. yeah 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 yeah. and so the big news is that while i was in in hamilton yesterday getting groceries for my son i bought an amaryllis <laughs> <laughs> I saw, and i and i bought something here uh, i will i'll hold it up it's called a minerva Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's a red and white one. And yeah, I don't exactly. have a red and white one. So so I took the dive because I know that we <laughs> joked about this last year about how when I started the garden show a year ago, we got lots of questions about amaryllis. And you said and then and then we didn't get any after a while. Yeah. But now the time is coming again. Right. And so we're back yeah. to amaryllis. We're back so to amaryllis. If you want to get real uh, top quality amaryllis bulbs. Yeah. Go to the website. That's flower bulbs are us. So okay. flower bulbs, the letter R, us.com. And that, that is a um, retail bulb, a bulb retailer out of Mississauga. Uh, a woman I know runs it, lovely person with really, really good quality bulbs. It's the same person who supplied the allium to you. And you know the size of those allium bulbs? Oh, yeah. Her amaryllis are the same. She but she has monster amaryllis bulbs. Not the one you would have picked up at a Home Depot or Loblaws is yeah. good, but hers are going to be probably twice that size. And the bigger the bulb, the bigger the flowers, and the more flowers. So totally worth it to get good quality, big fat, juicy bulbs. Fabulous. I will ask you that website one more time before the show is out today. But for the time being, uh, we just have to take another quick pause for some important messages. But we'll be right back with much more here on the Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, Charlie, I just looked and uh, hey, we can uh, we can shout out to Steve. I found some lettuce seeds. So if he really gets stuck, he can message you and I'll mail them to him. So there oh, you go. There I've got you their, go. It's Sweet. leaf lettuce. It's called prize head. So there you go. Okay. So. Well, that's going to be a bit challenging. That's a head lettuce. Oh, versus... well, this is... No, no, it looks like a leaf lettuce, but it's called prize head. But it, it's, it's, it's all like, there's the picture. It's all leafy. There I don't go. know. Oh, anyway, I got all it. All right, Steve. Hopefully you heard that. There you, you go. Want, you want some seeds? Uh, Dean will sell them to you for $50. <laughs> <laughs> You're very funny, Charlie. <laughs> Let's go to Gloria in Scarborough. Welcome to the Garden Show, Gloria. What do you got for Charlie there? Oh, yes. Good morning, uh, Dean and, and Charlie. <laughs> Gloria, I've called you before last year, but it's about garlic. Um, I planted my garlic, and uh, when I harvested this um, 
this late summer, I just had cloves. I didn't have the solid bulb. And I'm just wondering, these cloves now, some of them started to sprout. And uh, so I dug them up, and I've got them here. They're dry, and the roots are dry. Can I uh, plant those uh, and and see if I can get uh, some more garlic? You can. the ones the the clo- garlic that you have now. Did you plant it last fall or last spring? I I planted it in the spring. Okay, so that's why you harvested harvested it so late in the summer. So what I would do is yes, if you want more garlic today, get outside and of course. So you said you didn't have whole big uh, garlic bulbs. You just got individual cloves under the ground. Is that what you found? Yes, when I harvest them. Like, you know, they have their, is it Skype? The Skype was curly. Uh-huh. I cut them off so that they would mature. But mm-hmm. when I dug them up uh, later mm-hmm. on, this it was, I guess it was around September, um, mm-hmm. I just had cloves. I didn't have bulbs. And I, I thought, you- what is going on now? <laughs> but the, the, um, the garlic bulb is made up of a bunch of cloves. Yes, I realize that, yeah. Yeah, so the, so they might not have been as large because spring planted garlic is never as big as fall planted garlic grows to. Okay. So what I would do is yes, to each individual clove goes in the ground in a sunny, well-drained spot mm-hmm. uh, that will do it today, and mm-hmm. and you put it down two to four inches deep with a little pointy end up, and yeah. plant them at least four inches or ten centimeters apart, and then. Just leave them. Let them be there all winter. You'll see them in the spring. Again, you will see those curly scapes or the flowers. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start to see that, cut those off. That's usually in June or May, Mm -hmm. May or June. Cut those off. And by July, you'll be harvesting. And again, each individual clove will grow into a bulb made up of many cloves. Okay. Now, I have uh, at the uh, back of my yard here, near my house, I have a barrel. This barrel is about the huge barrel, and it's full of earth. My husband did that years ago. But I was thinking of planting some garlic in in that uh, barrel. Can I do that? It could work, um, providing it's a sunny location and it's well-drained soil. uh, Yes, it's well-drained. Hopefully, <laughs> I've got flowers in there right now, but I'm going to take it, take all the flowers out and, and try some garlic in there because sure. I don't have many areas where I can put my garlic. Right. Uh, the yeah. Garlic is very tough, so it's likely to survive, particularly in a large planter like a barrel. Make uh-huh. sure that it's minimum of six hours of sun hitting I- that barrel in the spring and summer. It's not so important now, but in the spring and summer, lots and lots of sun in order for the garlic to really mature to something, you know, really yummy that you can eat. Yes. Thanks. Okay, yeah. Then. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the call that. there, Gloria. And Gloria, you have reminded me that that's another thing we have to plant today. We have some garlic <laughs> we got, yeah, from a friend. And so I have to plant that today. A busy day ahead. Make indeed. a list. Yeah, list. you got it. What about okay. your hoses? Don't forget about your hoses. Oh my, yeah, I've, I've done one of them already, but I got to do another one. Okay, um, Jean in Mississauga. We're going there now. Good morning, Jean. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, Charlie and Dean. Morning. Morning. What that do you got lady, there for Charlie? Uh, 
a garlic question, and this lady <laughs> nice. partly this lady partly answered the question. Can I plant garlic bulbs in a planter pot and put it in the garage for the winter? How big's the pot? Uh, probably twelve inches across and seventeen deep. Oh, that's a good size. Uh, and it's just a plastic pot or a ceramic. Yeah. It's plastic. Okay, and it's just a like a black or green single walled pot. Well, and actually, it's a it, it it has a water reservoir thing in the bottom, so it's not really thin plastic. It's fairly substantial. Okay, so it, what I would do if I were you is I would not put it in the garage. Uh, okay, so if you planted that, so make sure you've got a mix of both either topsoil or or compost mixed with potting soil, so you've got good drainage out of that pot. I would be inclined to not go in the garage. If you have a corner uh, in your house, uh, outside your house, which faces southeast, well, more east than anything, you will, that pot, once it's planted and watered once, uh, I would pile some leaves around it or on top of it. I tuck it into a corner, like I said, that's preferably an eastern location. So it's going to be protected from the northwest wind in the winter. Uh-huh. And, but it will be outside because you want it outside. You want those bulbs to stay dormant. I'm just worried that your garage might get warmer than you want it to. When we get uh, warm, sunny days, uh, our garages can really heat up. Uh, and then we get really cold nights, our garages really get cold. So just look for the spot that's going to be, you know, the kind of the most temperate, not temperate, but the most, the, the the spot where you have the least extremes of climate on the pot. Uh, so someplace where it'll stay dormant, stay out of the wind, uh, and and just be allowed to do its thing. Because basically what it does, it grows a whole bunch of roots right now. If you plant garlic right now, it grows roots. Over the winter, it starts to set up its flower, ball, its flower stem, flower bud, and then in the summer, it all starts to grow. And that's what you want. So, I mean, garage could work. It just kind of depends what situations you've got at your place. Well, I can put it in a, a nice southeast corner. I was just concerned about leaving the pot outside when other flowers, you say, put the, pl- the uh, planter pot in the ground. So that's right. That was- so, and, and actually, if you have that as an option, I would. that's a real guaranteed way to make sure the garlic survives. Uh, it kind of, <clears throat> I've been surprised sometimes at the number of things, like I have chives. Now, chives, you can't get much tougher than chives. But again, garlic and chives are all the same genus. I have chives in a pot that I've had for 15 years in the same pot. I had it in Richmond Hill. I brought it here to Prince Edward County. It just sits outside wherever I leave it, and it just grows in the spring. It's never been an issue, no chance of death in the pot. And it's only probably 10 inches across. It's not a big pot. So that's why I'm pretty confident that in a pot your garlic is likely to survive i used to you know get green garbage bags fill them with leaves tie up the bag you know dry leaves tie up the bags and just use those as little buffer pillows around the pots didn't need to hostas survive all kinds of things will survive as long as you've got that kind of protected eastern location well thank you okay thank yeah, and thank you for the call, Gene. And uh, uh, I, yeah, we have to take uh, our last pause for some important messages, but we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, we are back with uh, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
Absolutely. And uh, we've got some callers on the line going to jump right into that right now. Uh, uh, Rita in Richmond Hill. Welcome to the Garden Show, Rita. Yeah, I'll say it short and sweet. Good morning, guys. I uh, have morning. a purple clements. I want to know when do I trim it down? How low do I trim it down? Or do I have to wait and do it in the spring? And can I remove it in the spring? Sorry, what was the plant? It's a it's a, one of those clements, you know, clements. They grow oh, in purple yes. and they clematis. grow up pink. Rita, tell me about the flowers. Are they flat, dark purple. blue, purple? Purple, yeah, like a purple. Yeah. Okay, so here's the scoop. You have a clematis. The most common one grown is called Jack Manny, and that's likely what you have. It's probably 10 or 12 feet tall now. Leave it alone for the winter. Just let it be... Um, if it's going to fling around in the in the winter, tie it to the fence or, or wherever it is. Like, make sure it's stable for the winter. In the spring, as soon as the things start to warm up and the birds are singing, you're going to look and you're going to start to see new growth on that plant. This When the little buds are this, look like mouse ears, so tiny little fuzzy buds, you're going to get out your chainsaw and you're going to cut the whole thing down to six inches tall from the ground. So six inches right across, everything you cut off, you can compost. What you've left behind will grow into a bigger, juicier, bushier plant with tons of flowers. Yeah, but what happens when it's growing? And then I remember mm. last year, these little like buds come out, right? The buds come out. So mm. they're up and down, up and down. So how do you trim it? You just keep cutting it where the buds are, like above the buds, above all the buds? Yeah, just pick a spot six inches above the ground, go straight across. You're right, you're going to be cutting off a bunch of uh, plant material that has life in it, has little buds on it. Yeah. But that's okay, that gets composted. Okay. The main thing is the crown of the plant, where the stems and the roots come together at ground level, is alive. And all your new growth is coming from that point, from that bottom point. So all that top growth gets composted. You're right. Some of it's alive. It's not worth keeping. It just becomes scraggly and not pretty. By cutting it down, you'll have a much bushier, better-looking plant with more flowers. You said around six inches off the ground, did you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just and okay. And can, I, can I dig that up in the spring and move it or not? Leave it alone. Uh, don't. Okay, why do you want to move it? Because I'm moving. Because <laughs> you're I moving. Know, I know so many. Oh, you're moving. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you know so what? Then I it, better just leave it, I guess. They'll probably bulldoze it down. I just thought I could save it. It's so pretty. It's worth a try. They're a little tough to, to move with. Make sure you've got a good-sized pot to put it into yeah. uh, to take with you when you move. I think I was thinking you were wanting to move it because... Um, people get frustrated when clematis isn't giving them a lot of flowers the first year and they keep moving it every two years. It does take clematis three to four years to get happy and established. So be patient. Um, But yeah, it's worth trying to dig it up in the spring after you've cut it down, dig it with as much soil as you can around the roots, pot it up and take it with you. Okay, thanks for the question, Rita. All the best with that. Sorry, got to jump to the next call. Got Mary in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. My phone doesn't die because I've been on holding for about 25 minutes. My question is this. Uh, I have a hibiscus, which was growing nicely. I bought it two years ago. It flowered beautifully. About a couple of weeks ago, one branch, the leaves were just curling. And And then I watched it for a week. Long story short... 
I wonder if it was overwatered last week in the sun. I spread out all the soil on newspaper to try it to try and dry it. It dried nicely overnight, and I've repotted it. But uh, before I did that, all the other leaves are curling. There's no bugs or anything, and I wonder if I just overwatered and will it come back? Did you have it in a pot with drainage holes? Yes, it's you know I bought it from Canadian Tire. It's in you know okay. like a four and a half inch pot, and it's been growing beautifully. No roots out the bottom. Okay, when you pulled it out of the pot to dry it down, did you smell any kind of a swampy smell? No. Okay, so just, what you've done like is it fine. So you got it back in the pot in the sun. You watered it. You'll water it once when it's bone dry. I would get out my pruners. I would prune all the tips on the plant back by whatever half an inch or so so that just that pruning should if there's life in that plant should cause it to start to grow again don't worry about the leaves that you've lost new ones will grow if the plant is happy and healthy and and is able to be rejuvenated they're just curled inside like i say there's no bugs there's nothing yeah no it's fine yeah just you gotta wake it back up it went dormant so try the trimming and full sun and water as necessary but there's no sun now Oh, well, put it in a window. Okay. You need a window right. or a, a artificial light. One way or the other, it needs light if you want it to grow. Yeah. Okay. I've got a south-facing window. Okay. There thank you. you. Perfect. Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Let's quickly go to Bob, see if he's got a real quick one. Oh, I don't know. Okay. We'll uh, try. How Bob, you got a quick one? How low or how high should I leave my grass for the winter? I mean, short people would say, how short should I make it? And tall people would say, how tall do I leave it? But <laughs> right. Great question and really quick answer. Right now, if you're going out to mow your lawn today, today is the day to do your shortest cut of the entire year. Two inches is sharp blades. Cut your lawn short now in preparation for the winter if this is going to be the final cut which it probably is. Also, if you haven't fall fertilized or winterizer fertilizer, get that get that on right after the cut, and you're good to go till next spring. Thanks, Bob. Great yeah, question. Yeah, Bob, that was like a beautiful last show, last <laughs> last question of the show, short question. I, like, love him. There you go. And for Steve, again, I've got lettuce seeds. You get in touch with Charlie Dobbin. I'll send you some. And don't forget, if you're looking for amaryllis, flowerbulbsrus.com. R-U-S at the end there. Thanks, everybody. Beautiful. Thanks, Dean. Fun to be back. Thanks, Carlos. See you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.